Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and thank you for joining us for Luke 21 Radio. We're in episode 125, and today we're going to be looking at the loosing of Satan in Revelation chapter 20. Let me start right with the first verse. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding in his hand the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain. And he seized the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years, and threw him into the pit, and shut it, and sealed it over him, that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be loosed for a little while. Now dropping down to verses 7 and 8. And when the thousand years were ended, Satan will be loosed from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations that are at the four corners of the earth, that is, Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle. Their number is like the sand of the sea. In our last episode, we were still in Revelation 20, critical, critical passage of Scripture for understanding all of biblical prophecy, we saw that there is a binding of Satan, and it says for a thousand years. And again, this whole thing is obviously very symbolic, the chain, the pit, and and a lid, and sealing it and such. But the idea is that Satan would be prohibited for a very specific purpose. He would be bound so that he couldn't deceive the nations of the world. Prior to the first coming of Christ, Satan was able to keep the nations in darkness. That's why we celebrate Epiphany each year. It's the Gentiles are coming into the light of Christ. That was the great turning point and the binding of Satan, the hindering of his power. And that doesn't mean that Satan can't do anything for that long time thousand-year period, symbolic for the entire church age for this long period. No, it only means that his power to keep the nations in darkness is bound. And this is what enabled the apostolic preaching to be so incredibly successful amongst the nations. Without the binding of Satan, what we know, for instance, of Western civilization certainly wouldn't even exist. I'm going to recommend an episode from our companion radio show, Faith and Family Radio, and it's available on iTunes in addition to your local stations. But episode 205 is a very important episode, and in that I try to show the profound synergy between the long form of the prayer to St. Michael the Archangel that was composed by Pope Leo XIII after his vision of Satan's attack on the church and the world, and the binding and loosing of Satan in Revelation 20. The synergy between Pope Leo XIII's prayer to St. Michael and Revelation 20 is beyond profound, and I believe it's worth your investment of 27 minutes and 30 seconds to take a serious look into the momentous seriousness of our times. And that's Faith and Family, 
episode 205. And again, if you have any trouble finding it, send an email to askthehost at gmail.com. Now, this week, it's pretty simple what we're trying to do, once you get it, is a great reversal. At the beginning of this long period of church history, Satan is bound so that he can't deceive the nations. He can't keep them in darkness any longer. Now, when the thousand years, this long period is over, for a short period of time, a little season, he's allowed to have that power back to deceive the bulk of the world. Now, the special term for this little season of Satan's loosing in Revelation 20 is called the Great Apostasy. And the particular portion of Scripture is 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, which highlights this great apostasy. And it's something we all need to be aware of, but you also need to be aware of this if you happen to be living in the United States of America. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, starting with the second half of verse 3 through verse 12, which are the key verses describing the great apostasy, have been cut out of the lectionary. You never hear it. It's not in the readings. So you better go take a look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 yourself. Listen carefully to these radio broadcasts on Revelation 20. Look at that Faith and Family episode at 205 and see what's missing. It's hard to hear silences. And this is something that's so important because it says that the bulk of the Gentile world is going to fall back into darkness. How do I know that? Well, in Revelation 20 and verse 8, it says that Gog and Magog is just, these are terms and a lot of phony baloney so-called rapture experts have all kinds of uh, bad guys according to the bad guy of the decade, if it's Russia or Saddam Hussein or now it's Iran or whatever. It's just a collection of those who have fallen back into darkness. And when they do, they have a great hatred for the light of Christ. It kind of makes them uncomfortable. But Revelation 20 and verse 8 says their number is like the sand of the sea. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, again, that portion on the great apostasy that's been zipped out of the lectionary says that there will be a strong delusion. And when it says strong delusion, it means strong delusion, that people who think they're beyond being deceived will be deceived, that the number deceived amongst the Gentiles will be like the sand of the sea countless. Now, I have read this before, and I truly think that we don't hear it. And I'm reading from Pope St. John Paul II when he was still a cardinal, and when he was visiting the United States, he said, quote, we are now, now standing in the face of the greatest historical confrontation humanity has gone through. I do not think that the wide circles of the American society or wide circles of the Christian community realize this fully. We are now facing the final confrontation between the church and the anti-church, the gospel versus the anti-gospel. 
we must be prepared to undergo great trials in the not-too-distant future, trials that will require us to be ready to give up our lives. Now, this is a brief broadcast, so I'm not going to try to be coy about what I believe, and I'm, and I'm sharing now with you my opinion. I'm trying to distinguish my opinions from things I can pretty clearly tell you these are facts, these are truths of Scripture. My opinion is that the period described in Revelation 20, we could very well be in, or at least the beginning stages of it. In other words, we could be in the great apostasy. There, I just put it out on the table. A lot of people are a little shy about saying that. Now, we also might be in a period of history that might be like that period. In other words, like in a a play, there's a dress rehearsal that kind of gets ready and gives you an indication of what the actual play will be like. So we could be in a great rehearsal. Now, there is a whole stream of articles and blog things and broadcasts coming out People realize that the church is going through a difficult time, a crisis in the church. And generally, these uh, articles, these so-called expert predictions of the future, uh, tend to give a tip of the hat to, you know, we could be in real trouble and could get worse, but the future is bright. I'm looking at one article, and I'm not picking on anybody. This is just one I read this week, the future. Bleak or bright? And are we in the end time? And, you know, brought up the subject, but didn't didn't pursue it, kind of dropped it, kind of like Second Thessalonians 2 from the lectionary. And then the author of this article goes, when we look to the past, we see how bad periods have given place to good periods. Well, now that's absolutely true in the history of the Catholic Church. But if you're saying that renewal, the bright future, is the only possible option, then you're not speaking truth. Because truth means that if you heed the words of Jesus when you see certain things, you watch and pray. The truth means that if you follow St. Paul, that there is a great apostasy, that yes, when you're in a tough period, you could be on the verges of a great renewal, or you could be getting even deeper into a great apostasy. There's two possible outcomes for the world and the church, not one. And so many, at best, uh, pay lip service to the apostasy, but go on to emphasize that everything will be all right. And, you know, I must say, it kind of reminds me of the Protestant rapture at any moment theory that don't worry about the future because we're going to be jettisoned out of here before anything, any trouble really comes. And this is basically saying, don't worry, the past is the indication of the future. And yet we have the scripture that warns us about this. The Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 677, says the kingdom will be fulfilled not by a historic triumph of the church through a progressive ascendancy. In other words, the pendulum's not going to flip way forward and do a bright renewal. I'm talking about the end, but only by God's victory over the final unleashing of evil. And it's very important when you're looking at these sections of the catechism relating to biblical prophecy, look to the scripture reference. What is the scripture reference for the final unleashing of evil? Well, the footnote 
scripture reference is Revelation 20, verses 7 through 10, that little season when Satan will be again loosed to deceive so many that their numbers will be like the sand of the sea. According to St. Paul, it will be a strong delusion. And it's not simply a reversion back to the darkness of paganism before Christ came. Because as C.S. Lewis so well pointed out, to have the light of Christ and then turn your back on it isn't simply going back to pre-Christian paganism. You're going to fall into a darkness of which, honestly, is unimaginable. So I do believe that renewal is possible. Why do I believe that? For a number of reasons. Lazarus was dead three days, and he brought him back to life. Sometimes the church is dead. A, a renewal is that, a reviving, a bringing back to life. Christ was in the tomb three days, and if somebody's dead, dead, three days, that means you're totally, completely dead, and come back to life, he is capable of bringing to life his body. He has done that multiple times in church history. But Jesus, St. Paul, the popes, the catechism all warn us that there is a period of history towards the end where you will find that, no, we're not going to go back into renewal, but there could be an apostasy. And this is where I believe, and again, if you go back and listen to episode 205 of Faith and Family, that synergy between the vision and the prayer of Pope Leo XIII to St. Michael the Archangel, and how that prayer and Revelation 20 sync up. And it's incredibly important. So we don't want to have just one possibility of the future. We want to keep the future in front of us as the scriptures and the catechism and the popes do as well. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 125 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at Luke. 21.com